0: This week, um, I was privileged to be able to lead out in in prayer meeting on Wednesday night. And those of you who are on the line with me, you know that we talked about the lost sheep, the lost coin, and the lost son from the book of Luke. And um, I got to thinking about sheep. Um, One of our attendees to our prayer meeting, Brother Ron Berg, was telling us that in his younger days, he used to uh, drive a truck, I guess, and had hauled some sheep before, and he told us about how you would, you would take one sheep and you would want to separate it, take it off the truck, and it, as soon as you let go of it, it would turn right around and go back in to be with the, the herd or the, the flock again, and I got to thinking about sheep and shepherds this morning, so I invite you to turn your Bibles to the book of John chapter 10 for our scripture reading. John chapter 10, one verse there. And I find great encouragement in this particular verse, John chapter 10 and verse 16. Jesus speaking, and he said... And other sheep I have, which are not of this fold. Them also I must bring, and they will hear my voice, and there will be one flock and one shepherd. Are you looking forward to that day? Not lots of divided denominations, not lots of divided belief systems, one flock and one shepherd. What a glorious day that that will be. Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, Lord, as we open your word now, I pray that you open our hearts. I pray that you will be the speaker this morning and not me. At least your Holy Spirit may speak to each one of us. And I pray for a blessing upon those who are watching online and those here today, that each one will receive a blessing from the study of your word. In Jesus' name, amen. Before I forget, I want to give a a shout-out, a hello to a brother who I'm pretty sure is watching this morning. I won't name him by name, but he sent me a a text message this week to encourage me. And um, if you're watching and you know who you are, you sent me a text a couple days ago. Thank you for that. I really appreciate that. And I also want to thank our audiovisual team here at the church. You know, sometimes that work kind of goes unnoticed by some of us maybe, but I want to thank them for their hard work and dedication and for the wonderful graphic of Shepherds and Sheep that I did not produce, by the way. They just came up with that themselves, so thank you very much for that. I did some reading online this week about sheep. Anybody ever had sheep? Ever had them as pets? Or, all right, there's one over there, Robbie D. She knows a little bit about sheep. I found some interesting details about sheep. And as we go through the sermon, we're going to compare these details, with what it means to be a sheep in the house of God. I learned that sheep have an average body temperature of 102.5 degrees. Now, I thought that was interesting because for us, we would be like in panic mode, Right? If our temperature reaches 102.5, oh no, there's a, there's a fever. Many of us who have had COVID, we know about that. Not us, but those of you who have co- had COVID know about that. But the average temperature for a sheep is 102.5 degrees. Hmm. I learned that the oldest organized industry is raising sheep. Been done for thousands of years. I also learned that sheep have poor eyesight, but to compensate, they've been blessed with an excellent sense of hearing. They hear really well. They don't see so well, but they hear very well. I learned that sheep prefer to walk into the wind and uphill rather than downhill and with the wind. We'll talk about that later. I learned that sheep cannot get up when they're lying on their back and they need help to get up. If left for even up to an hour, laying on their back, they can die. Hmm. I learned that domestic sheep can adapt themselves in a wide variety of habitats worldwide, ranging from temperate mountain forests to desert conditions. And I learned that sheep have a knack of huddling together, and wherever one goes, the others follow. Sheep are timid by nature and nervous. They are easily frightened, and this is why they flock together. And it is estimated that even today, there are over one billion sheep on planet Earth. And with that in mind... We're going to go to the book of John chapter 10, John chapter chapter 10 and verse 1, and we're going to read about the good shepherd, Jesus speaking here, and he says, most assuredly I say to you, he who does not enter the sheepfold by the door, but climbs up some other way, the same Is a thief and a robber. But he who enters by the door is the shepherd of the sheep. To him the doorkeeper opens, and the sheep hear his voice. And he calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. And when he brings out his own sheep, he goes before them, and the sheep follow him, for they know his voice. Yet they will by no means follow a stranger but will flee from him, for they do not know the voice of strangers. Jesus used this illustration, but they did not understand the things which he spoke to them. If you put yourself in that time frame, sitting there listening to Jesus, would you have known what he was talking about? Maybe, maybe not. In another place, Jesus talks about him being the only way to get to the Father. John 14, 6. I don't have it on the slide, but it's okay. I'm not going to read it. But he says, basically, I am the way, the truth, and the life, right? But now he makes references to this, this fold, the family of God. And again, he states that there is only one door and one shepherd. And no doubt he paints a picture of those who are listening probably many of them familiar with the industry of keeping sheep and the sheep gather together and how does one get into the pen? How does one get into the fold? Can you climb over the wall? No he says you must approach the door the gate and open it and walk in and then he described, describes this gatekeeper. Someone who is not trying to keep anything out, or at least not sheep. He's trying to keep the enemies out, keep the wolves out. But the sheep, or the, the, the doorkeeper, is a, is a helpful individual, not a hindrance. And the sheep follow willingly because they know the voice of the shepherd and they trust him. Do you know the voice of Jesus today? Have you heard him speaking to you at different times? I think all of us have heard the voice of God. You ever get up in the morning and something pops into your mind and you say, I know that was from God because I wasn't thinking anything about that subject today. And as long as it is in something that is in harmony with God, we know That it is God. Now we know that the enemy sometimes tries to plant things in our minds too, does he not? But we can say, get thee behind me, Satan. And Jesus said that sheep will not follow a stranger. Instead, they'll run away. What do we do when the enemy comes to us? Tries to plant seeds of doubt and disbelief in our mind. Do we run away? I hope so. He goes on in verse 7 and he says... Then Jesus said to them again, Most assuredly I say to you, I am the door of the sheep. All who ever came before me are thieves and robbers, but the sheep did not hear them. I am the door. If anyone enters by me, he will be saved and will go in and out and find pasture. The thief does not come except to steal, to kill, and to destroy. I have come that they may have life, and they may have it more abundantly. And then he puts it in so basic terms. He says, I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd gives his life for the sheep. But a hireling, he who is not the shepherd, one who does not own the sheep, sees the wolf coming and leaves the sheep and flees. And the wolf catches the sheep and scatters them. The hireling flees because he is a hireling. He does not care about the sheep. He says it again. I am the good shepherd, and I know my sheep and am known by my own. As the Father knows me, even so I know the Father, and I lay down my life for the sheep. And other sheep have I which are not of this fold. Them also I must bring, and they will hear my voice, and there will be one flock And one shepherd. Don't you love the words of Jesus? He knows what it's like to shepherd a bunch of rowdy sheep. He knows what it's like to try and pull sheep together. Sometimes the sheep aren't even wanting to be together. As far as us, it goes with us. You know, the fact that Jesus says, I am the good shepherd means that there are bad shepherds, are there not? Television preachers and things filled with them, bad shepherds leading people astray. The proof of whether a shepherd is a good shepherd or not is all about how far he is willing to go to rescue a sheep. He says the hireling he won't do anything whenever the uh, whenever the wolf comes. He has no real vested interest in the sheep. He will cut and run at the first sign of trouble. And then he says, the good shepherd knows his sheep intimately. You know, there's a song that says, he knows my name. He knows my every thought. I'm glad that God knows my name. Are you glad, are you glad that God knows your name? And that he knows all about you. And someone once said, and he loves you anyway, right? I'll say that for myself. Jesus says that the good shepherd will go to the death to save a dying sheep. And he did, didn't he? For many of them. And there are other true sheep that have not made their way into the fold yet, but they will one day very soon. We know that the second angel's message is being proclaimed now. And when the full proclamation of the third angel's message comes about, people will come out from those other folds and there will be one fold and one shepherd One group of believers. Praise the Lord for that. Let's go to Luke chapter 15. Luke chapter 15, verses 1 through 7. Something we covered in our prayer meeting this week. Luke 15, 1 through 7. Then all the tax collectors and the sinners drew near to him to hear him. And the Pharisees and scribes complained, saying, This man receives sinners and eats with them. So he spoke this parable to them. What man of you, having a hundred sheep, if he loses one of them, does not leave the ninety-nine in the wilderness and go after the one which was lost until he finds it? And when he has rejoiced he lays it on his shoulders rejoicing. And when and when he comes home he calls together his friends and neighbors saying to them, "Rejoice with me, for I have found my sheep which was lost." I say to you that likewise there will be more joy in heaven over one sinner who repents than over 99 just persons who need no repentance. Isn't that a beautiful story, a beautiful parable? That good shepherd puts more emphasis on that one wayward sheep than he puts on the 99 sheep that are safe in the fold. We talked this week in our prayer meeting about maybe that one sheep has been you in times past. One in the midst of 99 others and God went searching for you because he had on his mind to find you and to bring you into the fold. On a grander scale, the one sheep is planet Earth in the midst of 99 or more other planets throughout this universe. And God did everything that he could to rescue this one planet. He didn't say, ah, I got 99, that's good enough. He He couldn't rest until he went to rescue that one planet, that one person. And when the sheep is found, there's no scolding. There's no driving it back with a whip. No, no. Only loving care and tenderness. And when the sheep is returned, when you returned to the family of God, there is rejoicing in heaven. And the announcements galore. My lost sheep is found and has come home. I have a quote that I want to share with you. We're going to put it on the screen. It's a bit long, but I believe it's so beautiful and it really expounds upon this uh, this story. It comes from Christ's Object Lessons, page 187 and 188. It says, In the parable, the shepherd goes out to search for one sheep, the very least that can be numbered. So if there had been but one lost soul, Christ would have died for that one. Isn't that amazing? The sheep that has strayed from the fold is the most helpless of all creatures. It must be sought for by the shepherd, for it cannot find its way back. So with the soul that has wandered away from God, he is as helpless as the lost sheep. And unless divine love had come to his rescue, he could never find his way to God. The shepherd who discovers that one of his sheep is missing does not look carelessly upon the flock that is safely housed and say, I have ninety and nine. It'll cost me too much trouble to go in search of the straying one. Let him come back, and I will open the door of the sheepfold and let him in. No. No sooner does the sheep go astray than the shepherd is filled with grief and anxiety. He counts and recounts the flock. When he is sure that one sheep is lost, he slumbers not. He leaves the ninety and nine within the fold and goes in search of the straying sheep. The darker and more tempestuous the night and the more perilous the way, The greater is the shepherd's anxiety and the more earnest his search. He makes every effort to find that one lost sheep. With what relief he hears in the distance its first faint cry. Following the sound, he climbs the steepest heights and he goes to the very edge of the precipice at the risk of his own life. Thus he searches while the cry, growing fainter, tells him that his sheep is ready to die. At last his effort is rewarded. The lost is found. Then he does not scold it because he has caused him so much trouble. He does not drive it with a whip. He does not even try to lead it home. In his joy, he takes the trembling creature upon his shoulders. And if it is bruised and wounded, He gathers it in his arms, pressing it close to his bosom that the warmth of his own heart may give it life. With gratitude that his search has not been in vain, he bears it back to the fold. Thank God he has presented to our imagination no picture of a sorrowful shepherd returning without the sheep. Hallelujah. The parable does not speak of failure, but of success and joy in the recovery Here is the divine guarantee that not even one of the straying sheep of God's fold is overlooked. Not one is left unsecured. Everyone that will submit to being ransomed, Christ will rescue from the pit of corruption and from the briars of sin. Desponding soul, take courage, even though you have done wickedly. Do not think that perhaps God will pardon your transgressions and permit you to come into his presence. God has made the first advance. While you were in rebellion against him, he went forth to seek you. With the tender heart of the shepherd, he left the ninety and nine and went out into the wilderness to find that which was lost. The soul, bruised and wounded and ready to perish, he encircles in his arms of love And joyfully bears it to the fold of safety. Isn't that beautiful? Oh, the picture that is painted there. Could you see it for yourself? This shepherd going out into the night. Maybe it's raining. Maybe it's storming. Little sheep out there in the middle of nowhere. You know, sometimes we as humans, we don't purposely desire or design to be lost. In our prayer meeting, we discussed the lost sheep, the lost coin, and the lost son. Well, the sheep didn't really intentionally go and seek to be lost. He just kind of wandered away. Sometimes it's that way with us. Sometimes we neglect God one day, two days, maybe more. We neglect our study. we We neglect our prayer time. And we wander away slowly. And then we wake up one day and say, how did I get here? That's what that, that's what I believe that little sheep did. Woke up and he looked up and he said, How did I get out here all by myself? The shepherd was not content to leave that sheep out there. Goes in search of it. And if the sheep is wounded, let's face of it, whenever those of us who maybe have wandered out into there, we got wounded, didn't we? We got hurt because the world doesn't mean us any good. All he wants to do is harm us. We got out there and we found ourselves wounded. And did Jesus come to you and say, go back home now? No, no, no. Picks us up on his shoulders. Carries us back into the fold again. How beautiful is the story of the good shepherd. And then when we made it home, when we went into that water as a baptism, or when we came forward to the altar and recommitted ourselves, he says, there is joy in heaven rejoicing over that one lost sheep. How beautiful. Let's look at Ezekiel chapter 34. Ezekiel chapter 34. And beginning with verse 11. Ezekiel 34, beginning at verse 11. <laughs> I love this passage. It's beautiful. For thus says the Lord God, Indeed, I myself will search out for my sheep and seek them out. As a shepherd seeks out his flock on the day he is among his scattered sheep, so will I seek out my sheep and deliver them from the places where they were scattered on a cloudy and dark day. And I will bring them from the peoples and gather them from the countries. And I will bring them to their own land. I will feed them on the mountains of Israel, in the valleys and in the inhabited places of the country. I will feed them in good pasture, and their fold shall be on the high mountains of Israel. There they shall lie down in a good fold and feed in rich pasture on the mountains of Israel." I will feed my flock, and I will make them lie down, says the Lord God. I will seek what was lost and bring back what was driven away, bind up the broken and strengthen what was sick. But I will destroy the fat and the strong and feed them in judgment. Aren't you glad that God knows his sheep? You know, God has his sheep in Baptist churches and Methodist churches and Pentecostal churches and Catholic churches and Seventh-day Adventist churches and in no churches. God knows his sheep, and at the proper time, the call will be given, and those sheep will come out. And I love it that God always goes seeking for the sheep. He doesn't leave it to us to find our way back. Oh, no, he... He gives the call. Think about the story of Adam and Eve. After they had sinned, they were hiding. God went looking for them. Adam, where are you? God, he knew that they had done wrong, but God takes the first step. With the children of Israel, 400 years of slavery in Egypt, God took the first step and sent Moses to be their deliverer and as the case with jesus god sent forth his son when the time was right we didn't deserve it but we needed it and he loved us god never fails in calling his sheep god has the only one with a perfect perfect score a perfect record he calls his sheep and they come god knows that he has sheep scattered all over the world and in the end, God is not calling us to a, liveship, a, a, a life of hardship. He is calling us to a life of peace. God wants to clothe us, He wants to feed us, He wants to provide for us. How beautiful is the story! But as I said before, the fact that there are good shepherds means that there are bad shepherds as well. Go with me to the book of Jeremiah, chapter 23. Jeremiah. Chapter 23, verses 1 through 8. Whoops. 23. God says, Woe to the shepherds who destroy and scatter the sheep of my pasture, says the Lord. Therefore, thus says the Lord God of Israel, Against the shepherds who feed my people, you have scattered my flock, driven them away, and not <clears throat> and not attended to them. Behold, I will attend to you for, your evil of, for the evil of your doings, says the Lord. But I will gather the remnant of my flock out of all the countries where I have driven them and bring them back to their folds, and they shall be fruitful and increase. I will set up shepherds over them who will feed them. They shall fear no more. Nor be dismayed, nor shall they be lacking," says the Lord. "Behold, the days are coming," says the Lord, "that I will raise up a raise up I will raise to David a branch of righteousness. A king shall reign and prosper, and execute judgment and righteousness on the earth. In his days Judah will be saved, and Israel will dwell safely. And this is his name by which he will be called, the Lord." our righteousness. Therefore, behold, the days are coming, says the Lord, that they shall no longer say, as the Lord lives, who brought up the children of Israel from the land of Egypt, but as the Lord lives, who brought up and led the descendants of the house of Israel from the north country and from all the countries where I have driven them, and they shall dwell in their own land. God pronounces a Like a curse, really, upon those who lead the sheep astray. And this puts a great burden on pastors and teachers and church leaders. And unfortunately, today, there are many pastors who are leading people away from the truth on television and internet streams and videos and such and such and so and so. The list goes on and on. False teachers, false pastors, false revivalists. Praise God for networks like 3ABN and Amazing Facts, and It Is Written, the Voice of Prophecy, the Hope Channel, and many others proclaiming the three angels' messages and calling people to the truths of the Bible. Now, if our pastor were here, I have no doubt that he would tell you that he carries a great responsibility, as do other leaders of the church. If Jesus Christ is the shepherd, then our pastor would be called an under-shepherd. And we, in the congregation, are the sheep, right? Let me ask you a question. As a pastor, as an under-shepherd, what is the pastor's job? I would propose to you that the pastor's job, like the shepherd's job, is to feed and tend and care for the sheep. But have you ever thought about this? Do shepherds make sheep? No. How do you get more sheep? Sheep make sheep. Shepherds just pastor and take care of the flock. You see what I'm getting at? The church will grow when we engage in the work of creating more sheep, creating more disciples for Jesus. And of course, we work in conjunction with the Holy Spirit to lead people to Christ. But it is not the pastor's job to make sheep. It is the pastor's job to feed and tend the sheep. It is our job to make other sheep. So the question is, are you a sheep today? Do you have the qualifications and the characteristics of a sheep? I'm gonna go back to those that list that I listed early on, where it said that sheep are hotter than other creatures. Are you on fire for Jesus today? Are you do you burn hot with the gospel and the, and the, and the gift of and the calling for evangelism? Or are you lukewarm? It said that sheep have excellent hearing. Do you have excellent hearing? Do you listen when that still small voice says, this is the way, walk ye in it? We learned that sheep prefer the difficult path. Do you prefer to walk the difficult path or the easy path? Remember, Jesus said, straight is the gate. Narrow is the way that leads to eternal life, and few there be that find it. And when you wind up on your back, do you seek help from the proper resources or do you just try to figure it out on your own? We learned that sheep are very flexible. Are you flexible and become all things to all men, as Paul stated, or do you just have one way of doing things and nothing will ever veer you from that one thing that you do? And we learned that sheep develop a hearing for their shepherd's voice. True sheep will not follow a false shepherd. And we learned that sheep have a tendency to stick together with other sheep. I read in one, when I was doing my research on sheep, I learned that goats like to go off on their own. But sheep like to to stick together. Do you stick close to other sheep? Or are you a bit strong-willed and like to do things your own way? And then... We learned about what do sheep do? They make other sheep. Are you engaged in sheep making today? These are the qualifications of a true sheep, of of, of Jesus Christ, and we all are his sheep. And these are the things that sheep will do. Now what does God do at the end of time with his sheep? Go with me to Matthew 25. Matthew chapter 25. Beginning with verse 31. Matthew 25. Jesus speaking here and he says, when the son of man comes in his glory and all the holy angels with him, then he will sit on the throne of his glory. All the nations will be gathered before him, and he will separate them one from another as a shepherd divides his sheep from the goats. Then he will set the sheep on his right hand, but the goats on the left. Then the king will say to those on his right hand, Come, you blessed of my father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. And the king will answer and say to them, assuredly, I say to you, inasmuch as you did it to the least of these, my brethren, you did it to me. These are more qualifications of what it means to be a sheep in the fold of Jesus. But then he goes on. Then he will say to those on the left hand, the goats, by the way, depart from me. You cursed into everlasting fire prepared for the devil and his angels, for I was hungry and you gave me no food. I was thirsty, and you gave me no drink. I was a stranger, and you did not take me in. Naked, and you did not clothe me. Sick and in prison, and you did not visit me. Then they will also answer him, saying, Lord, when did we see you hungry, or thirsty, or a stranger, or naked, or sick, or in prison, and did not minister to you? And he answered them, saying, Surely I say to you, inasmuch as you did it not to to one of the least of these, you did not do it to me. And these will go away into everlasting punishment, but the righteous into eternal life. At the end of this age, God will make a selection, a dividing process. And God will separate his own according to his own specifications. At the end of this life, what will you be? Will you be a sheep or will you be a goat? Interesting that ministering to others seems to be a component in determining whether we are truly sheep of the true shepherd. But you know, we live in a world right now where lines are already being drawn. Think about, think about the lines that are being drawn in our society today. Democrat versus Republican. Conservative versus liberal. Liberal. You have right wings versus left wings. Capitalism versus socialism. Pro-life versus pro-choice. Pro-gun versus anti-gun. Millennials versus boomers versus Generation X. Creation versus evolutionists. Racial division, moral division, philosophical division. A great division is underway. And we haven't seen the last of it yet. There is more to come. In 1915, an American author, Robert Frost, published a poem entitled The Road Not Taken. This is what it says, a portion of it here, I will quote for you. Two roads diverged in a yellow wood, and sorry I could not travel both and be one traveler, long I stood, and looked down one as far as I could to where it bent in the undergrowth, then took the other as just as fair, and having perhaps the better claim, because it was grassy and wanted wear, though as for the passing there had worn them really about the same. And both that morning equally lay in leaves no step had trodden black. Oh, I kept the firsts, for another day yet knowing how way leads on to way i doubted if i should ever come back i should be telling this with a sigh somewhere ages and ages hence two roads diverged in a wood and i i took the one less traveled by and that has made all the difference are you on the road less traveled by today remember jesus said it wide is the gate I'm sorry, straight is the gate and narrow is the way that leads to eternal life. Wide and broad is the gate that leads to destruction. What road are you on today? Are you on the common road or the road less traveled? What is your aim in this world? To be a sheep or to be a goat? I love the words. We're going back to John for our last scripture reading. John chapter 10, verses 27 through 29. These are beautiful words. John chapter 10, verses 27 through 29. My sheep hear my voice, and they follow me. Well, sorry, 27. My sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me. And I give them eternal life that they shall never perish, amen. Neither shall anyone snatch them out of my hand. My Father who has given them to me is greater than all, and no one is able to snatch them out of my Father's hand. And he says, I and my Father are one. No one, once you get into the hand of Jesus, Once you get into the fold of Jesus, no power in this world can pull you away. However, we still have a choice. We can decide to walk away. May none of us ever make that decision. May we stay with it. I have one final slide I want to share with you. I thought this quote was so beautiful. From the Spirit of Prophecy's writings, letter 98C, dated 1896. And it says this. Christ is represented as the shepherd and highly values his sheep. He loves every sheep of his flock. He loves every lamb and calls each one by name. He loves to care for them and show them the utmost kindness. You are his sheep. Under his tender watch care, no amount of tribulation shall separate you From Christ. However much a shepherd may love his sheep, he loves his sons and daughters more. Because they are the gift of his father and the reward of his work. He loves them. Not only for his father's sake, but for their own sake. He loves them. He loves them as his children. He loves you. Therefore, trust. He loves you, Ramona. He loves you, Levi. He loves you, Mary. Every one of us, we can say those words to ourselves as if it was just me. He loves you. Therefore, you can trust him. You can trust him with your life. You can trust him with your possessions. You can trust him with. Your children and your families and those who maybe are outside of the ark of safety right now, and no doubt many of us have someone like that. We can trust him with your heart. You can trust him with your entire being and everything about your life, because he loves you, and he means you no harm. We're told that there is nothing that we would be asked to give up. That would be for our good. And anything that we are asked to give up is, would be for our good. I love a little cartoon I saw this week. I don't remember who shared it now. Jesus bending over to a a small child and asking something of the child. And um, the child is saying, It's all I have. Yes. And Jesus is saying, it's all I want. I want you just as you are. Those of you are watching today, Jesus wants you just as you are. And you are welcome into his fold. And praise the Lord, not only does he invite us into his fold, but once we join the fold, then he begins to work in us and and through us and with us and changes start to take place and, and, and barriers get broken down and, and, and prayers get answered. And good things happen when we join the fold. I hope that each of you have made a choice to join the fold and to stay in the fold. It's a beautiful place to be in. Are you a sheep or are you a goat today? I pray that each one of us and those who are watching today evaluate your lives Are you a sheep? Are you in the fold of the true shepherd? Or is there maybe something missing, something lacking in your life today? Jesus invites you to come into the fold, to come and be a part of the great shepherd's fold. And we read what God has in store for us. It would be a shame to miss out. I'm going to invite our praise team to come out and then we will pray after that to sing our closing song and invite you to stand with us as we sing pass me not O gentle savior this is probably my one of my two or three favorite hymns of all time and my wife can tell you that i hum it around the house all the time let's stand together and sing we know that you are the great shepherd. Many of us have experienced it for ourselves. And we know that you're calling everyone who will answer the call to come and be a part of the great fold. Lord, we have loved ones who maybe are listening to the call, but they're not responding right now. Please, dear God, let the call continue to go out to come and be saved in the great sheepfold while there is still time. While on others thou art calling, do not pass me by, Lord. We thank you, Father, for the illustrations that you've given us of the, the great shepherd and the sheepfold. Help us to evaluate our lives, Lord, and ask, are we truly a sheep of the great shepherd? Or maybe do we have some goat qualities? Help us, Lord, to submit to you and to listen to the still, small voice of the great shepherd and follow when he says to follow. Be with our viewers today, each one who has joined us. Strengthen our hearts, Lord. May we continue the journey, that journey that is on the less traveled road. We know where it leads. It leads to eternal life and to the kingdom that you have prepared for us. Thank you, Lord, for your love and your mercy, for being with us. May we continue to worship you today on this Sabbath day. In Jesus' name, amen.